Get ready, Avalanche territory. It's now time for the Mile High Hockey Podcast with Mike Evans on your home for the most Avalanche content. Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the Mile High Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Evans. Good to chop it up with Scott Masters, longtime NHL scout, front office member. And let's get this right out of the way because I think it's really cool what you're doing with former Avalanche players, son of Pierre Lacroix, Eric Lacroix. Tell people what you guys have going on. Yeah, we just, uh, uh, like we mentioned last time I was on with you, like uh, Eric has the advisor and management blood in him. And uh, so we're trying to continue the legacy of, of Pierre, what he did starting in Quebec. And he left his management company and left his advisement company management company to run the Quebec Nordiques and then which became the Colorado Avalanche and that's what continued the legacy of Pierre and so I think that's what Eric grew up with is management and so uh we're here local in Colorado now and and Eric's been here and grown up here and so he wants to grow youth hockey and and grow into you know managing uh young professionals and so that's what we're doing and um, it's exciting. It's a, it's an honor to be a part of that legacy, and so that's what we're doing with Lacroix Hockey. You know, I don't know what got me thinking about this right off the bat, but uh, hey, ooh, look, squirrel. But uh, talking about Pierre got me thinking about Patrick Waugh. And have you been following Patrick, saying uh, kind of ready to throw his hat in the ring, saying, make me the GM of the Montreal Canadiens. I'm, I'm ready to go back home. <laughs> well, that's kind of funny with you asking me about Patrick Waugh because – uh, you know, my history with Patrick was I was a longtime Montreal Canadiens fan, and I'm, I'm getting off the topic of your question real no, quick, please, but it's kind hey, of funny. We got time. So uh, I grew up in Denver, right, played in Arvada, and, and just in in the 80s and in the, in the young 90s was that you couldn't watch hockey here, and there was no hockey, no pro hockey. So I remember doing pay-per-view. You had to do pay-per-view to watch playoff hockey here, and I just became a huge Montreal Canadiens fan in, in 87 when Patrick Wall won the cup. And he was a young player, and he was so dy- dynamic. And I was just like, that's that's my man. That's my guy. Like, I just became a Patrick Wall and a Montreal Canadiens fan at that young age. And so I just grew up that way. And he was my idol. And then when they moved to Colorado, you know, and then made the trade for Patrick Wall, I'm like, wow, this is, this is heaven. Like, this is my dream. You know, this is unbelievable. I was 1996. I was a senior in high school and it just was unbelievable, you know, experience and a dream come true. And then years go on and years go on. And then I find myself, whoa, Joe Sackick is, I'm, I'm working with Joe Sackick, one of my idols. And then, Patrick Waugh gets hired as a general manager. Like, I'm like, this is unbelievable. Like, Patrick, I'm working for Patrick Waugh and Joe Sackick. Like, this is my dream come true. Well, I was on the golf course looking at Twitter. Patrick Waugh hires someone else for my job. And I'm like, what? Wait, what? That's my job. What did Pat? It was all in French, too. And so I called Joe, and Joe's like, well, that's Patrick for you, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> and I've <laughs> <Yeah>. never, <laughs> Um, I still to the day have never met Patrick Waugh. And uh, it's just kind of funny is this that my idol, you know, growing up like 33, 33, you know, Patrick Waugh winning multiple cups in Colorado. 
blah, 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 and then I get fired by my idol, who I've never met. It's just kind of funny. That is so, funny. Who can say that they've been fired by their idol? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's 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 a funny story, and, and so after that day, like, uh, all my – Patrick Wall jerseys, autographs, you know, Patrick Wall stuff came down. Uh, they're in some storage somewhere. I have no idea where they're at. And so it's just kind of funny. But do I follow Patrick Wall? Uh, I do in a way, and I understand that he wants back in the NHL. It's kind of this almost – I almost feel like it's Mike Keenan again times two. Like he's he's sniffing around. He wants that job in Montreal, which – I have a lot of connections to and a lot of like heartstrings to. So do I want him to get the job in Montreal? No, I don't. And do I think he's great uh, at what he does? No, I don't. I don't think he – I think he's kind of a Wayne Gretzky of hockey ops, to be honest. Um, Wayne Gretzky was the best player in the world. But was he the best coach in the world? Mm-hmm. No. Was he best – like would he be the best general manager in the world? No, he wouldn't. And so that's how I feel about Patrick Waugh. If he's put in another situation, uh, yeah, he's a great, one of the best goalies of all time, but is he the best general manager? No, I don't think so. And so that's kind of like John Elway, too. He's like, he was the best quarterback of all time, but is he the best general manager of all time? No, that's not really his role. Where do you think Waugh's weakness would be as a GM? I think just the thing about Patrick would be his passion and his, you know, his stubbornness almost like, you know, like this is my way, this is what I'm going to do and not contribute, not have the other staff contribute to his, to his views. Right. Like, um, and not listen to analytics or not listen to things. But I mean, that's just my opinion. Um, it's his way or the highway, right? And I think that's what how strong he was as a as a goalie. Like he was like, I'm gonna do this, this is me, this is all you know, like and he succeeded at that. But I don't know if that comes across as the best general manager and it's just my opinion, but it just sometimes general managers in that position and with you know, the higher profile, like I say Joe Sacker is really good because he's low key and he listens He's calm. He's not going to make rash decisions. I think Patrick Wall would be over the top. I mean, he's just, that's how his personality is. But that's just my opinion, and I I, I go with, you yeah, know, my experience. Yeah, but your opinion is, is certainly worth listening to. It's a credible opinion because you were, you were close to the situation. So based on what you saw and know, why didn't it work out between, or what ultimately led to the, uh, separation between him and Joe. Well, I think it, it, that again is is to their their personalities, right? I think it's one extreme to another, and and Joe is calm, um, you know, thoughtful, and Patrick is passionate and and want instant gratification, or you know what his thoughts were. And I think you know I keep on referring to uh, Mike Keenan, but I think Patrick Wall and Mike Keenan have a lot of similarities where they and I, I worked for Mike Keenan uh, years and years ago in, in Florida so I saw firsthand how he worked and it just it's almost an act at times where oh I'm stronger I'm the you know the male <laughs> uh, 
the male mentality, which doesn't work in hockey decisions. So um, that's just my gut feeling. I could be completely wrong. I mean, people thrive on Mike Keenan was successful in, in New York city and, and a little bit in Florida, just on based on his demeanor and his intimidation. I don't know if Patrick Wall has that same mentality or intimidation on players or on staff, but that's kind of my gut is is, is that way. I didn't think we'd spend that much time talking about Patrick Wall. I'm glad we did because I, I find him to be a, a fascinating character. Got to know him pretty well, not only covering him as a player, but then when he was a coach, he did a weekly show with us and uh, always always found him I liked him. I liked him a lot and found him very interesting, very interesting, very passionate, uh, very stubborn, uh, certainly not a man lacking for opinions and convictions. So if he's in the news, I'm curious. Uh, Let's get to some avalanche topics. The avalanche, as we speak, are in a stretch where over the last 13 games, they have scored 69 goals. The last time that happened was the 95 Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, had guys like Mario Lemieux and uh, Yarimer Yager and Marcus Naslin. I mean, that team was loaded, and it's been since then to see a team put up the kind of offensive uh, splurge that the uh, the Avs are, are going through right now. Does that stat surprise you at all? The stat doesn't surprise me uh, that much. It's impressive. It's impressive what the Avalanche are doing the last recently in the last 12, 13 games because they've they've turned it up a notch and have done that. And they're going to continue to do that. To do that. Sorry, my uh, stutter a little bit. And then, but the stats are a little bit skewed because the Pittsburgh Penguins were in a different era, you know, so that stat is a little bit skewed on that part, but the Avalanche do have a dy- dynamic offense. Like they just do like, they're just going to have that all year. That's not their issue. They're going to score five goals easily seven goals like last night in New York city, uh, you know, like they're good just to have that offense. And that's just how they worked in today's game. It's just phenomenal. That's how they're going to win games. They've skyrocketed up the standings. They're going to get to first place. Eventually they may win the president's trophy. That's not the question at all. You know, like they're going to be able to score goals in the regular season and in the playoffs. Their issue will be the defense and their goaltender. Like it was in the last previous playoffs so yes it's unbelievable what they do they're getting scoring all the way from the top to the bottom you know you're looking at new hook now coming in and scoring goals that's another aspect for them that is just dynamic mccarr again just keeps on putting up points and he's gonna set these set these records for the avalanche and maybe in the nhl where he scores 30 goals this year, which is phenomenal and, you know, an all-time record. And so we're going to see these numbers with the Colorado Avalanche this year and next year and next year. But it's what they do in the playoffs is what's going to determine how great they are. How is this offense, how does it compare to last year's? How is it better? How is it less uh, different? How, How would you compare the two? Well, I always said last year, uh, that they they had depth depth issues, and so I didn't believe in the Kuskins, I didn't believe in the Jost, and I didn't believe in the other players that you know they they needed to score. And this year they're scoring, and especially Newhook adding to that depth, and O'Connor adding to that depth, and 
actually scoring. O'Connor scoring two goals last night. That's what they were missing before. Because the last year when the playoffs, they were kind of a one-line team, especially the fact that in the second round, they didn't have the Kadri, who Kadri's having a great year uh, and adding to that depth of offense. So that makes them different. That makes them more of a third and fourth line team, a full four line team with the danger of them on, you know, on the PK, even if they get a penalty, they're dangerous. Niskushkin has been great, uh, which I've always said, I, I, did, I didn't believe in Niskushkin, but he's been proving me wrong. O'Connor, I didn't think he had as much offense, but that move last night was unbelievable. Yeah. So they're adding these aspects that they need to support their superstars of McKinnon, Landeskog, and Rantanen, who scored last night as well. So when you add all those elements, last night was a, a unbelievable performance. The score seven goals and all the way down the lineup from the first line to the fourth line. Where are you at with Kemper? What have, what have you seen so far? Do you have a grade for him? Is it incomplete? Uh, where, where is your confidence level that uh, this can be the guy that can carry you to a Stanley Cup? Yeah, it's incomplete. I don't know. Um, I, I thought he was a great goaltender in Phoenix, and and I thought it was a great move. I think Kemper is a better goaltender than the one they had before. and um, So I thought that was a positive move. I don't think it was handled correctly as far as the movement and uh, all that stuff as far as trades and signings and things like that. But I think Kemper is a better goalie. Uh, I haven't been impressed with him this year. I don't think he's uh, playoff ready right now. doesn't mean that he can be uh, or can't be. Uh, but he's 900 save percentage in the NHL today puts you 30th or 40th in the league. It doesn't put you in the top 10 where you need to be. Uh, so he, is he ready for the playoffs to make a playoff run? No, he's not that right now. Can he be? I'm not sure. It's incomplete. Um, he needs to be better. That's for sure for what he's shown today. And so it's just wait and see and uh, kind of cross your fingers and hope for the best. When you watch Kale McCarr, who comes to mind for you? No one. No one? He's uh, Yeah, he's, he's that. He's In the history of the special. game. Yeah, like for me, I mean, the history of the game has evolved, you know, from a different axis aspect of like how the team how the game is played right so maybe Bobby Orr have played that type of game I'm not sure I didn't I wasn't in that era right but he's that special and that unique um, that he is just on his own and I, I've said this he, he's a hall of famer he will be a hall of famer he's that good um, he's that special he's just unbelievable at the young age that he is right now. And so I wouldn't really compare him to anybody else because in the era that I grew up in the eighties and the nineties, you know, it was a different game of hockey and, and things like that. So, you know, Santa Sosa Lynch had that impact of skating up and down the ice. And uh, obviously McCarr is going to be better than in Santa Sosa Lynch, but I wouldn't compare him to anybody because I don't know uh, the previous era of the Bobby Orr, but he would be Bobby Orr. Uh, he's going to be a, you know, like I said, he's he's fantastic. He's one of the best I've ever seen uh, on the skill level, on his skating, on his edges, uh, on the way he impacts the game offensively is just phenomenal. Uh, he's a game changer. 
he's unique. Colorado Avalanche are very, very lucky to have him, and it's going to be fun to watch him for many, many years. You know, you got to understand, you're talking to a guy who grew up in, in New England as a Bruins fan, so Bobby Orr is kind of, you know, that's sacred territory here when you start <laughs> yeah. talking about comparing. But let, let's, let's maybe not go Bobby Orr yet, although that end-to-end rush he made the other day certainly was Orr-esque. But what about maybe dropping down to that next level? Still an amazing level. Does he? Does he – let me throw out some names and, and tell me, you know, ding, ding, if any of these guys kind of uh, seem similar to what he could be. A, a, a Paul Coffey, a, a Phil Housley, a, a Brian Leach – um, Al McGinnis type uh, offensive defenseman. Any of those guys uh, come to mind? Yeah, a, a little bit. I mean, a combination of all of them. Al McGinnis was, you know, a big. Uh, I I got to know Al, you know, in St. Louis, and you know, Al was unique in the fact that he had a little bit more physicality right. than in McCarr. But I'm going to say uh, on. December 9th, 2021, that Makar is better than all of them. Uh, he's he's just that way. Like he, he just dynamic. He's a better skater than all those guys. He's he has the edges. He has a shot. Not the shot of Al McKinnis. Obviously, Al right. McKinnis is a huge, huge man and 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 strong. And Makar maybe never that. But the funny thing is that comparing those defensemen is some of those defensemen were better defensemen than Makar, right? Like. McCarr is still learning the game defensively, and he still has errors defensively. He still turnover has turnovers in the in, in the defensive zone that leads to goals against, and that's what I worry about the Avalanche down the road in the playoffs. That you know their young defensemen may have these turnovers. So it's kind of funny. Is like who wins the you know the defenseman of the year award? Is it the defenseman that has the most points, which right. is odd, or is it the best defenseman? you know, the Adam foot types, right? Like, you know, the shut down defensemen. But I would say McCarr is going to be better than all those, those hall of famers you just mentioned. I just have that gut feeling that he's that good. Uh, and he's probably the best I've ever scouted or seen. Wow. High praise indeed is we're uh, chopping it up on the mile high hockey podcast here with Scott masters and, and everything the avalanche are, are doing offensively minus Nathan McKinnon, who has two goals, through 16 games, make that, excuse me, two goals through 13 games, you you know the explosion's coming, right, with, with this guy. And you've probably been around players. When players get into that zone where goals become so easy and so plentiful, what tends to be the, the mix, the recipe, the formula for it happening? Because we all suspect it's going to happen with McKinnon. What will it look like? Yeah, McKinnon's special, right, in, in, in the McCarr realm. Uh, but I kind of like this for the Avalanche that maybe it takes a little bit of pressure off McKinnon and he's not the, the go-to guy. Um, he And then he could be – what if you think about this, like McKinnon's the second or third fiddle on this team, Woo. would be great, right? Like <laughs> that's unbelievable. That's, that's the perfect storm for the Colorado Avalanche is that, you know – the, the second best center in the NHL is the second or third fiddle on the Colorado Avalanche. That'd be a great thing. Yeah, it's he's going to explore. He's going to explode, like you said. Like last night's goal is unbelievable. He's going to he's going to start scoring. He's got a lot of assists and he's got a lot of points per game right now. Uh, even being after injured, he's going to have the numbers. He's a great player, um, but he needs the surroundings. He needs. He's not. 
for me, he's not the leader that uh, the Joe Sackick was. He's not the leader that Steve Eiserman was or um, other great players was. That's not a, a knock on him. It's just how he is. And I think the other players on the team need to lead him more than he needs to lead the team. And that's a great thing for the Colorado Avalanche. Gabe Landeskog needs to lead the team. Uh, Kyle McCarr needs to lead the lead team. You know, and let McKinnon just sit back and say, hey, this is who I am. I'm just a natural goal scorer. I can pass the puck. I can shoot. I can score. Just let me be. And I think that's the perfect situation for McKinnon and not worry about leading the team uh, in the locker room or in other aspects. You know, Scott, I've built a reputation well-earned over the years of being a bit of a wedge driver, so I can't leave this, uh, let it pass. You said McKinnon, the second-best center in the NHL. Who's number one and why? Well, it's it's not even close. Ooh. It's McDavid by far, and it's not it, – McKinnon or – yeah, McKinnon is great, and he does all these things, but McDavid is is beyond anything that the NHL has ever seen. Um, it's not a, a shot at Wayne Gretzky either, because it's a comparison of McCarr versus Bobby Orr. They're different games. And so what McDavid does today is just unbelievable. There's no comparison, really. You know, like people, if, say, if people say McKinnon is the best center in the world, they're just – bias and they're just Colorado Avalanche fans. McDavid is the best player in the world and he will be for the next four or five years. He's just phenomenal. He, everything he does uh, is above and beyond <laughs> anybody else. It's just kind of, you know, uh, what they say, game mode, right? Like he has this, you put in a code and he just, he just goes, he's that special. He's that unbelievable. He's going to be that way for the next five, ten years, hopefully for the NHL, because he's just that special of a player to watch and so fun to watch. Well, folks, I always tell you I would love to get your feedback for this podcast and uh, certainly would appreciate your feedback to uh, Scott's opinion right there, which you certainly backed up very, very well. Hey, again, uh, remind people what you got going on with uh, Eric Lacroix, how they can learn more about it. Yeah, LaCroixHockey.com. We're, you know, we're just getting started, and we're, we're building this uh, great facility at Family Sports Center in Centennial where the Avalanche practice. And so if you're ever there, you can come down and, and take a look. And we're just building it, and it's hopefully be done in the next month or two, uh, you know, this awesome athletic facility. And we just got a lot of great things going on. And so uh, just hang on, in, and we're going to hold some community events. That would be great. That's uh you know, everyone's invited and come talk to us and talk to great coaches and college coaches and, and, and uh, referees and, and NHL coaches that we're going to have at, at these community events. It's going to be great to, to build Colorado hockey. All right. Well, enjoy your holiday. And, you know, I'm going to be leaning on you a lot here come 2022 as we uh, continue on with this, uh, this podcast. So thank you very much. And we'll talk to you again soon, Scott. Sounds good, Nick. Thanks, thanks. All right, there he is, Scott Masters, longtime NHL scout, front office person. Not exactly the biggest fan of Patrick Waugh, who was once his idol. How about that story, huh? Imagine getting fired by your childhood idol. Yikes. Although, I don't know, I think that's kind of cool. What a great story to tell, which he did tell with us. Hey, as always, uh, make sure you tell your friends about this uh, Mile High Hockey podcast. Want to spread the word. It is It is growing month by month. I appreciate 
all of you who listen. Let's continue to uh, build the brand and uh, get more and more people involved listening to it. Tell a friend, tell a hockey fan, and we'll uh, try to bring you the best content each and every week. That'll do it for me. We'll see you again next week on the Mile High Hockey Podcast.